I think Matt got COVID, so he didn't have to talk about cartoons. I feel like he must have at least watched part of it, though, or he wouldn't have complained ahead of time <laughs> and been like, "New rule: I get to pick a vampire animated or a or Showtime show if you do an animated one." I feel like is he that had to- is that a new rule? It came about because of the fact that we did a bunch of Showtime shows in quick succession and we kept doing vampire shows. And I was like, we need to pause on that. And the pause has gone on for a while and I haven't brought it up because I'm happy. <laughs> I was, it was the PAX podcastia and now it's coming to a close. Yeah. I feel like I need to compile a list of like, what are all the vampire shows so I can know exactly how long it can take to break, to break in Buffy, the vampire slayer, the strain. angel, the strain. What we do in the shadows is still airing. Yes. I mean, surprising. Sometimes things are just vampire adjacent, like Deadliest Warrior. We weren't uh, expecting that, but BBC's so BBC's Dracula. That was like a miniseries, right? I don't know. Or was I just it just British? It, <laughs> it was yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, we should probably introduce the podcast. Yeah, you probably. know what? We should introduce that podcast, folks. It's Big Dumb 10. That's right. We're bringing it back. We're here to talk about college football because Matt isn't here. And while I've pretty much completely it's fallen June, out of the love. the perfect time for it. I know. I was going to say, while I've completely pretty much fallen out of love with the sport of football, we are here to talk about day what feels like 150 of the Texas A&M Alabama saga. <laughs> That's right. Did you see earlier today that Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M are like pushing to get Saban fined or something yes. like that? I can't believe it. I'm Ian Benson. Joining me, as always, it's Travis Marmon. Uh, how's it going? And Stephen Doughton? If I were a college football player and somebody was like, Hey, this is the, this is the school that will pay you the most money. I would probably be more likely to go there. And I don't think Saban, I don't know. Yeah. I just, uh, just the idea of being like, Saban said this, we should cry and try and get him suspended. Ooh, fucking narcs, big time losers. Anyways, Matt, play the theme song. What a who do you think Johnny Bravo would play for? UConn. Next question. <laughs> Rutgers. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. He is an oh, Italian yeah. American man. So But also he always ends up there always ends up being like a thing that seems good. Like he would go to Alabama and it would be good and everyone would be cheering him on and then and then he'd be like, Hey, baby, I'm the star running back at Alabama. No, the thing with Johnny Bravo is it would start 
and you would think that that's Johnny running with the football. And then the guy would score, and he'd rip the helmet off, and you realize it wasn't Johnny. And then Johnny would be sitting there on the bench trying to talk to one of the cheerleaders. Or he'd play for LS- he'd play for LSU now that he has a connection to Shaq. So anyways, I lied to you, and I, I don't like to do that. I, I don't like to lie on this podcast. This podcast is not built on a house of lies. <laughs> this is, as you know, the podcast that is dedicated to covering the first and last episodes of television shows. Except sometimes we decide to watch, I don't know, it's like three shorts... One of which doesn't have Johnny Bravo at all, any way, shape, or form, but does have Michael McKean, so I'm going to let it slide. Was Michael McKean in that? I did, there's so many. The guest, the voice six that we're going to talk about. Cartoon Network used to be so different. I mean, there were all kinds of shorts. Like, the, it, it, halfway through Dexter's Laboratory, you'd watch, the, the there was that superhero team with, like, Val Hallen. Oh, yeah. Like, what were they called? Someone is screaming in their car right now uh, that we can't. The Justice Friends. The Justice Friends. Justice Friends. Of course. Yeah. And then. <laughs> Major Glory and Crunk were the other members. You know, there was um, Kablam and like. That, was no, that might have been Nick. Okay. Uh, but there's but, a spinoff. Like, I, I was, so I was just looking at this history kind of. Uh, we're talking about Johnny Bravo today. Um, and <laughs> it is. <laughs> You know, for, for the listener, because we're just going to get into it, of, like, it started as, like, many of the Cartoon Network shows, it was, like, a pilot that was put as part of, like, a, a like an anthology series, and it's actually the second original cartoon in Cartoon Network history, which I did not realize. I thought it was kind of a latecomer, but it, it's What's right the after first? Dexter's, Dexter's Lab. And then it's this, and then it's Cow and Chicken, which had one of these spin-off, it had I Am Weasel within it, and then that became its own show, too. So... Other members of the Justice Friends include White Tiger, Black Panther slash White Tiger, Living Bullet, Sam R.I., who is like the Silver <laughs> Samurai, which Strong is a weird choice. Uh, yeah, of course. Fantone, yep. Ratman, Tiki Torch, Misspell, Capital G, Snowman, Monkey, Fat Boy. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Ratman and Fat Boy? Is that the... Okay. The Declaration of Independence. Those were the those were the team. I like that. I like those guys. Those are those are some creative characters. Other than of course Ratman and Fat Boy, because that's just ripping off Jake and the Fat Man. Of course, yeah. Anyway, uh, I forgot what I was about to say. Uh, was it Mama? <laughs> that's that's always a good way to get us back on track. You just go, oh Mama, that's somewhere oh, in the middle of this. Mama. Cartoon cartoons used to be way more pop culture referency, which is confusing. Yes. From from the standpoint that, like, who is that for? I mean, I guess adults, but this isn't, like, Adult Swim, which obviously didn't exist at the time. Yeah. But, like, why? I can't believe... The only reason I know who Don Knotts is is because of Animaniacs, and then he comes up again on this, because anything that was in the Warner imprint was like, hey, remember when we had the Andy Griffith show? I, I know Don Knotts because of fucking Scooby-Doo, <laughs> where, where he was... Yeah, he was. It was was um, the hour long episodes where they'd have guests animated on there. Johnny Bravo was the television show that we talked about today because Travis wanted us to talk about Italian American fail sons. What if there was one of those hidden camera shows like Impractical Jokers, where he had to go up to women and do exact copies of Johnny Bravo pickup lines, and that was the show? I would do shoot I, myself. So I, do I have the giant hair? Yeah. Yeah, do I look like Johnny Bravo? Can I wear a big muscle suit yep. or whatever? Then then yep. they're like, okay, what's happening here? Is there a convention? What's going on? Travis, why'd you pick mm-hmm. Johnny Bravo? 
I picked Jonathan Bravo because, A, we haven't done any of the classic only 90s kids remember this, you know, uh, Nicktoon or cartoon cartoons. And I was it just came to mind a few weeks ago because it's one I, I do feel like it's kind of like the B list for the Cartoon Network stuff. Like if you talk to people of our generation, like what what do you just what do you think Cartoon Network? What are you nostalgic for? I think people think Dexter's Lab, they think Powerpuff Girls. Some people might think Ed Ed Nettie and Johnny Bravo is always is no one's favorite. It's kind of a show that everyone's like, Oh yeah, I watched that too. I remember that. I watched it. Um what also strikes me now after watching it is like it was also like more subversive or like more anarchic um in in this way because cartoon network was like a new thing it didn't really have original series so it crammed in way more adult stuff uh and and what had struck me when i was just thinking about it is i was like who pitched this show about a womanizing man child getting rejected for dates all the time and was like, kids will watch this because they'll watch Van Partible a cartoon. Did. Yes. That's who. Do you know Van Partible's full name? I have it up. Yes, I already checked that. Yes, okay. Ephraim <laughs> Giovanni Bravo Partible. Yes. He's, uh, and he is Filipino. Yes. Uh, I think a lot about what it would have been like to be an animator on this show who didn't have any writing privileges and just being like, I'm drawing what now? Yeah. <laughs> So it's a gorilla. Okay, it's purple. Sure. Yeah, it, it talks. talks like Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, hey, all right. cool cat. Uh, I'm more of Mel Gibson in the '90s, handsome. Which was a weird thing. To, that was the weirdest and most jarring reference. Was when the talking gorilla said more like a Mel Gibson sort of thing, and then I had to check and see where Mel Gibson was at at the point at this point. Where was he? Uh, he had just. New York. He was just coming off his Oscar win for Braveheart. That makes sense. Yeah. I didn't ever watch Johnny Bravo. I didn't get Cartoon Network until about right around when it ended, I feel like. It was a later addition to the Benson's cable package growing up. So it was one of the ones that I missed, you know. Now, Codename Kid Next Door. There's there's a fucking classic. Yeah, maybe. Johnny Bravo, not one of the ones that I had great familiarity with. And I'm gathering that's kind of a similar case with Travis and Steven as well. No, um, I, I watched Johnny Bravo a decent amount, but it really was because I watched whatever was on Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon. I didn't love Johnny Bravo, but my father did. Um, and it feels weird to talk mm. about this show like directly after I basically made fun of my dad for an entire episode during ALF. Um, <laughs> Which is weird because it wasn't even like you were like your dad liked Alf and said we were just like fucking seventies SNL baby right exactly <laughs> but I didn't know Travis was going to pick Johnny Bravo a show that my dad legitimately loved he loved the bit he loved the bit of the big strong man hitting on the girls and getting getting smacked by them um, I mean and a, who doesn't it's a, it's a good bit and then yeah I mean I I as a like it, it, it is really that, that sort of thing where I as a nine year old or whatever eight however old I was when this came out uh, this came out in 1997 so you were five yeah well yeah it had aired while I was eight as well yeah I just didn't get it that it didn't connect with it in any way and and I would have much rather been watching any number of cartoons, but my my dad loved it, and so I turned it on. I was not a huge Johnny Bravo fan, but I did 
I, I'm, I was pretty familiar with it already because I definitely I had cable from birth. We were a big big TV house, uh, and I watched. Oh, yeah, Travis watched just admitted anything. he's in the pocket of big TV. We always knew it. <laughs> he's out here pushing that agenda. I probably watched every cartoon, cartoon uh, minus Mike Lewin Og or whatever. I was looking through the list of like the I ones. Have no that idea what that is. Went to that that one's about like a it's people on like a weird remote island in the South Pacific. And one of them is from New York City. Um, mm. I didn't watch Sheep in the Big City either, speaking of big city ones. But I watched the thing. I watched Powerpuff, Dexter's Lab. I did like. I liked Johnny Bravo, but like I said, it was never like a favorite. But I remember a lot of this stuff. One of my favorite Travis sentence constructions statements is: I did <laughs> all of this thing. Uh, well, actually, not these. Let me take it back. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna walk back a little bit. Uh, they're not those ones. Yeah, always I good. Mean, rivaled think... only by again the platonic ideal of a Travis statement. <laughs> Just somebody saying Wallabat- wombats are the best animal, and your response was there are several better marsupials. Yeah, this is how I have that's... taken to describing you. To <laughs> as people. soon as I wrote that, I was like, "Yeah, that's a thing I would say." That's uh... no, it's not a in... thing you would say. <laughs> it's the ideal thing. thing that I said. It's the ideal thing for you to say of just someone being like. Here's an opinion I have. Travis, not even Travis. the best of this superlative. Pathetic. That also is an animal fact doubler. What's the best marsupial, Travis? Uh, I mean, honestly, the classic kangaroo is hard to beat. Could Johnny Bravo take a kangaroo? No, kangaroos will fuck you up. He does. Although he does fight a crocodile. Sometimes he fights crocodile and wins. Sometimes he gets beat up by little girls on this show. Like... It depends on the writer if Johnny Bravo could take a kangaroo. Right. He also, yeah, he also like he's as good a fighter as he needs to be for the bit. It it was such a weird thing to be like, yeah, he's this goofball, and he like he can't get in a woman no matter what, but he can beat up a crocodile. Like yeah. as far as what the bit is trying to do, that's a bit strange. Johnny loses to the kangaroo. It pushes him in his in, in the pouch. I'm watching the clip right now. Of course, this is what kangaroo. happens. Did he ever fight a Tasmanian devil or perhaps the Tasmanian devil? He is adopted by the kangaroos and led to believe that he, and he's just as like, Oh, I'm, I'm a kangaroo now, basically. And he gives them the hairstyle and this opens with him dressed like Mad Max. And I bet at the end he is exiled by them. That's uh, this is, it's, he was kicked off an Outback tour. This is an episode of Johnny Bravo. I just scrubbed through the five minute <laughs> short. I just delivered that entire it's, synopsis. Again, it's so weird to present this one on top of and We haven't even gotten to the whole thing is that he also talks like Elvis. What do you think Bravo was before they changed it at Staten Island? Well, not Staten Island. Sorry. Well, clearly that's where they settled. <laughs> I, I mean, Ellis Island, but yeah, is Bra- Bravo Steven, already I'm going to take this question again. Steven, what do you think yeah. Bravo was before they changed it at Ellis Island? Because Travis won't play with me and give Bravo, me anything. Bravolini. Didn't that I say Bravosky earlier in this podcast? <laughs> Wait, he's Jewish all he's, this he, time? He's a Russian Jew. He's just he's Polish. He's not Italian. He's a Russian Jew. Oh, okay. He's Polish. He's from Poland. Johnny Bravo, but it's a Hasidic Jew. Uh, is that anything? <laughs> Johnny Brave. I was watching uh, a clip Johnny from. Uh, I was watching a clip from the Mulaney recent SNL because uh, I always like the ones where he just break uh, make everyone have to sing various weird parody songs from musicals. 
And uh, at one point they do Fiddler on the Roof and a bunch of, you know, Hasidic Jews dance behind him. And someone's like, oh my God, was that the real cast of Fiddler on the Roof? And then he goes, no, B&H Photo is just having a break. And then I was like, wait, what's the deal here? Because that's where I'll order uh, film stuff for. And now uh, I understand how, why it's, uh, I can't order Friday night to Saturday afternoon <laughs> on the website. I was like, that's weird. I guess there's some reason. Oh, it's extremely Hasidic Jews. Uh-huh. This is, <laughs> it is famously run by them. To the point that SNL can make a joke. And so I learned something from SNL, which is what I can say more of than Johnny Bravo, which I learned nothing and had an okay time with. Yeah, it was fun. Steven, you said that this was one of the most disquieting experiences you've had for this (laughs) podcast. Yeah, it's just like when I see things that are technically comedy, but I'm just not connecting with it in any way. It's just, it's so Technically comedy is so mean. Well, but that's what it's trying to be. No, right? I, like I, I don't disagree. It's funny. It's just like, it's just like everything that I watch is so much more grounded than this. And watching something this ungrounded and random and just like, okay, but what if like we do a bit where Johnny Bravo is like, oh, I'm actually very trained in martial arts and then gets flattened like a pancake by a sumo wrestler for laughs. Were they doing a parody of Queer Eye? Because that had just come out. <laughs> it's very it seemed like they were doing a parody of like what's I mean, not to wear, or yeah, uh, extreme, extreme makeover, home edition, home edition. Yeah. <laughs> a show we will one day do. Move that bus. <laughs> yeah, and then like the Jungle Boy bit was weird. The fact that the the monkey just shaved himself and then put like a weird. Kevin the sea cucumber like hat on his head and everybody was like yeah that's definitely jungle boy because it's a better bit if we don't say oh that's not jungle boy I do boy. agree it is a better bit if that is the case and then like like why does the gorilla talk what's the point why does he talk like or, or I guess, he's doing a Sammy Davis Jr. impression which Sammy obviously gets a hit impression. with the kids that was the that brings me to the overwhelming question I have about this who's this for <laughs> Who is this one for? It's 1997. <laughs> Who is this for? The girl from Ipanema. Like, it's for me watching now, I guess. Where I'm like, huh. Ah, girl from Ipanema. Well, and then they would do... Uh, they have multiple Twilight Zone episodes. They do a parody of the 1950s, The Fly. Oh, uh, sure, Where Johnny has a horrifying fly head for the whole episode. Did we get any of his neighbor... Uh, little, we don't get Susie? any Carl. We don't get little Susie voiced by Mae Whitman, although I think she was credited as annoying girl or as little girl in the in that pilot as well. Okay. Before little I Susie w- had become a character. I just wanted okay. to make sure that we drew attention. You know, we got to put we got to put a uh, Mae Whitman on All Star Watch. For sure. We got to put Don Knotts on All Star Watch. Welcome Shaquille ah. O'Neal to the As You Know All Stars, but not Tom Kenny yet, which is what we thought. Oh right, thought we would get. Jack. He didn't voice himself, did he? Yeah, he, he did. Himself. Of course, he did. But they didn't do a good job making Shaq look like Shaq. I don't know how no. to say this no. delicately, but Shaq is darker skinned than what they drew. <laughs> they got his jumper down, though. And that they did get that, that down. Uh, Seth Green, is he on watch? I mean, probably. If we'd watched the second episode of the X-Files. But yeah, they got, they got Shaq looking like Boris Kojo out here. <laughs> uh, I don't know who that joke is for. <laughs> Thank you for snickering. <laughs> you, you know, what did I watch it, recently where Seth Green was like, an object of desire. Uh, yeah, uh, the object of, of course, for that um, that ape that he lost. Oh no! It was um, 
Scooby-Doo Monsters Unleashed. I didn't finish. <laughs> Wait, he's the hot guy in that one? Yep. So, like, is the joke that he's the hot one and, like, Freddie Prince Jr. is not or something like that? No, the joke is that he's kind of a nerd, but, like, rich and, like, charming, and Velma falls for him. I can't believe... You know who else Velma fell for? Johnny Bravo. <laughs> in in the Scooby-Doo Scooby crossover Bravo. episode that they did. Yep, yep, yep. That one's, that one's actually very fun. Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar are still together. Good for them. 20 years Hell this year. Yes. Hard to do in Hollywood. Hell yes. I, I genuinely was like when I said did the Freddie Prince Jr. thing. they meet on the set of Scooby-Doo? Uh, I know what you did last summer. Uh, how are we going to... How do we do? We want to get into short by short. No, on this? it'd be so. It's so quick. Ah, uh, you know, Johnny hits on a woman and it goes poorly for him. And sometimes he gets attacked <laughs> by a gorilla, or sometimes he lives out the fantasy of I and future guest of this podcast, John Massey, where he goes to an island where he will ultimately be <laughs> sacrificed by giant women. Now, another yeah. thing, wasn't expecting them to be like to talk about virgin sacrifices and have Johnny say, "Did you say virgin?" That's uh. Yeah, it's weird. I did, I did, I did, um, I know you undercut me here, Ian, and I respect that, because I I know that you uh, probably knew, but I just was like, oh, it's funny that they cast Ian as Johnny Bravo in the third episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, my my notes do say, uh, step on me. Uh, Wait, she is giant, step on me. Don Knotts? How do we feel about the the Jungle Boy uh, interlude? We've got a Maurice, Maurice LaMarche Wells impression and a Peter Lorre impression. Peter Lorre. Uh, that's what I was about such to a say. Peter Lorre impression. That's what it makes me happy is we get our first of the uh, weird cartoon archetype of character <laughs> of, that sounds exactly like Peter Lorre. Who's always voiced by Maurice LaMarche, I think. There's a good injury, injury lawyer joke in here. Yeah. Uh, we're really just going right on the Jungle Boy one. That's fine. Jungle Boy, we can get out of the way because there's not much to uh, talking about the narrative arc of Johnny Bravo that exists across the other four episodes. Yeah. Jungle Boy will make them pay. But then uh, a bunch of text comes up on screen that says uh, make them pay is not a, uh, a guarantee of payment and is instead a registered trademark of Jungle Boy. And so people need to go to him when he needed to dam a river using an elephant's butt. Yeah. They knew, they knew who to go to. They knew that he would make them pay. They knew that he was a serious lawyer for serious injuries. Travis, what were the ambulance chaser slogans in your town growing up? Oh, wait. No, you also grew up in Aurora with us. Of course you would know. Uh, in Southeast Michigan, there there's a string of them. There is the Bernstein family. None of them have like a great slogan, but there's the Bernstein family who are infamous for their sheer amount of ads. And also there's the one son of theirs who's blind um, but doesn't wear sunglasses or anything. So when Danny Brown had the line on Detroit versus everybody, Zan got me looking like Bernstein's son. He was talking about that, which was... You know, perhaps problematic for Danny. Uh, I was sad also... on your recent birthday when you posted the Danny Brown 30 and you did not respond to my tweet of, oh, so that's why you need glasses. Yeah. Because it is the best opening line in all of rap history. I really I really waffle between it and drop out of life with bong in hand, follow the smoke toward the rift-filled land on the, is this the best opening lyric anyone's ever written? It's one of those That's got to be sleep, right? That is the beginning of Dope Smoker, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or by beginning, I mean, it's like 10 minutes into Dope Smoker when they finally have vocals come in. But I would have bet my life on that being the case, <laughs> yes. and I'm glad that I get to stay alive. Unmistakable Al Cisneros lyric up there with the song where he just in the goes, The CBD gun. Um, but uh, then there's Jeffrey Figer, who has, like, horrible, like, 
weird long hair that looks clearly like a wig. Uh, then there is Jumana Kairos, who doesn't do a lot of TV ads, but she has a gazillion billboards all over the state. So people like go as Jumana Kairos billboards for Halloween and stuff. Oh, that's good. And then there's like a fourth guy recently who like did an ad where he literally chases an ambulance because somebody dropped their wallet and he's returning it to them. But he also has another ad where he's like axe throwing at the other big TV lawyers that are in Detroit. I don't know. It's weird. So uh, Johnny Bravo, of course, as I mentioned, was created by Van Partible. When you listen back to this episode, I don't know how much of that previous thing was in there, but don't worry. The shift back to the podcast was just as abrupt as it ultimately <laughs> sounded. Uh, <laughs> No but, segues allowed. Uh, no segues. No segues in Johnny Bravo. It's all random. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was, of course, created by Van Partible. But uh, I was thinking, because we were talking about like the influence, like other animators that worked on this. Uh, it is good to know that uh, director John McIntyre, who directed a number of episodes for Johnny Bravo, would go on to be a supervising director of The Marvelous Ven- Misadventures of Flapjack, which is like the current like cartoon everyone can be traced back to. Like... Pendleton Ward uh, worked on it yep. for a while. Oh, and, okay. I really like that show. Um, Alex Hirsch and Patrick Alex McHale. Hirsch. Marvelous Misadventures of Flapjack is the show that everything kind of that we you, that we kind of like in cartoon look in the animated world can really come back to. JG Quintel also worked on it. And Quintel so. and Penn Ward are also both people you could accuse of like being a bit too random at times, although they're a little better. I think they're. Be- they execute I love better though. than Johnny Bravo did. But I like you can't deny some of those things are just like Yeah. You kinda threw it? that in or you go like, What drugs were they on when they did this? is a you know, a classic. It is very interesting that like the gorilla who wants to who wants to comb his hair and be a human as after he escapes the jail yeah. does nothing for me comedically. Um, and I'm like, this is random. It doesn't make any sense. But James Baxter, the horse that stands on two legs and moves by, you know, walking backwards on a beach ball, and <laughs> says, James Baxter, uh, and everybody loves him, is very funny to well, me. Well, I think it helps that Adventure Time is not grounded in any way, shape, or form in anything that resembles reality. I guess. I, guess. I mean, Johnny Bravo, though, it's more, I mean, I think its biggest obvious influence to me is Looney Tunes. Like, there's so much. Yeah. Tex Avery shit in here. And Actually, I no, a lot of Hanna-Barbera That homage. too. I mean, Hanna-Barbera is also, like, I think yeah. it was technically a Hanna-Barbera production. Yeah. Thus, they can get Huckleberry Hound. Well, Hanna-Barbera was done by the end of this trip. So, why they have do you know who was attached to play Johnny Bravo in the live-action Johnny Bravo movie that was originally being conceived in 2005, shortly after the demise of the uh, 2005? Freddie Prince Jr. No. Sean William Scott. You're closer. Ashley Kutcher? Hold on. No, um, I'm pretty... These guys did appear in at least two movies together. Or that guy appeared in two, at least two movies with Sean William Scott, the actor that they uh, were considering. Uh, uh, one of which is a movie that I think is quite fantastic. It's called Southland Tales. That's right. Dwayne The Rock Johnson was <laughs> oh going to play God. Johnny Bravo. That makes perfect sense. That makes so much Polynesian sense. Polynesian Johnny Bravo. The problem is I feel like... I feel like the Rock can't play like unlikable to the standard audience. So like, it was 2005. I so I think it would have been a bit more something John you could do. John Cena would do a good Johnny Bravo. <sighs> I, guys, I love yeah. John Cena. <laughs> I, I really do. Do you want Peacemaker yet? Yeah, it's pretty. No, good. I'm going to because I, w- I cried about a video of John Cena yesterday. 
<laughs> Literally yesterday. Did you see the story that was floating around on Twitter of John Cena with the uh, the uh, the visiting the autistic child who escaped from Ukraine, whose mother motivated them to leave Ukraine by telling him that they were going to meet John Cena, and John Cena learned this and learned that they were in Amsterdam That's when so he cute. was in Europe, and then he's like, "Well, we're going," and then he jumped on a plane to visit and hang out with this kid. He's the best person alive. I love him so much. <laughs> Now just picturing a newscast that's like Vladimir Putin today versus John Cena. He would lose. <laughs> he couldn't see him. Yeah. He couldn't see him. How could he handle that? <laughs> also, that's the other great thing is all of the Twitter replies on this video are either people going, this is so sweet, or a lot of people going, you say John Cena's in this video, but I can't see him. I don't understand. And it's good every time because he plays Zelensky, along. Zelensky can't hold a candle to him, although because the world is so <laughs> fucked right now, like in ten years, it's like Zelensky will be on WWE. Like something's just gonna happen. Oh, I and thought you were gonna say in ten years will be president. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's where I thought you were going with this. Either way, both. I don't know. God, everything's so. People terrible. used to say that The Rock could run for president, but I feel like Cena would do better. I agree. <laughs> There's only one way to settle this <laughs> at SummerSlam oh, this my year. Gosh. An election or a wrestling match. Oh, SummerSlam, dude! You're gonna you're gonna have you have them instead of them doing a primary, they just wrestle for the right to run. Yeah, but then then he gets uh, assassinated by the fiend, and then he becomes president and does a coup. We all enter the Firefly Funhouse. The Miz casts in the money in the bank, and then we get the Miz running for president, and he carries you know, Ohio. Alex is watching MasterChef Junior lately, and they did an episode where WWE stars joined them for some reason to tag team with the kids. How'd and it the go? Mi- Who did the Miz well? was one of them. Yeah, uh, it was. I only heard it in the background. They, was there like was there like Sasha Banks and some child? Was no, just like... it was mostly people I was not familiar with. Oh, okay, um, Shinsuke Nakamura them, walks I, in, they just start doing the <laughs> the strings like wild. <laughs> No. And there was a mix of kids being like, oh, hell yeah, I watch WWE with my parents all the time. And kids were like, I have no idea who this is. Johnny Bravo this definitely watches WWE all the time. Johnny Bravo thinks oh, yeah. it's real. Uh, so Johnny Bravo goes to the zoo in our first episode, which is called... And this is truly... It's just called Johnny Bravo, I think. It is called Johnny Bravo. This was a part of World Premiere Tunes. So yeah, he so goes... this is really from 1995, I think. Even. Uh, yes, from March 26, 1995. I am three years old. I mean, it's, wow. I'm three years old. I'm not watching Johnny Bravo. <laughs> it's 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 June 2022. I'm 30 years old. I'm watching Johnny Bravo. Yeah, he goes to the zoo, uh, and uh, a, a child accosts him, and he's like, "Listen, lady, I'm sorry, but you're too young for me." Uh, so Johnny Bravo already better there's than like, 90 percent of like actors. A decent chunk of jokes about people being attracted to children or children being attracted to adults in just like the first two little episodes here. There's a whole running thing in the series as we're reading that little Susie sometimes is interested in Johnny in in a romantic way, or at least in a in a precocious crush way. You know, I would love to see Tim Riggins crossover <laughs> with Johnny Bravo. I was to say just how Taylor Kitsch as Johnny Bravo would be. Nah, he doesn't have the stupid weird inexplicably stupid, Canadian Johnny stupid. Bravo. No, yeah, Derek Phillips should play Johnny Bravo. <laughs> Can I say mama while also doing a Canadian accent? The answer is no. My brain is breaking <laughs> no trying to figure out how to do this. So yeah, he did, goes to the did zoo. Did Dick and Dale do the intro song, by the way? Uh, it just, yeah, it just, it doesn't, it just says composers Guy Moon, Louis 
Great name. Faginson. I would guy's name is Luke. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. There's two Gs? Faginson? Faginson? Faginson. Faginson. Is there one G, then it's one G. Faginson. Faginson. There's a guy, there's a linebacker from Navy who's in an NFL training camp this year whose last name is F-A-G-O-T. And Fago. I, I, I'm sure it's Fago. I've never heard it, but I'm just like, that's rough, dude. You know, like, that's good. Bad. Good for you that you made it, that you've played football at a really high level. Well, because there's well, two options. It. Yeah. You either become the biggest, strongest boy in your school with that last name or you die. Yeah. And good. Good on him. So, um, yeah, Johnny goes to the uh, the zoo and uh, he sees a smoking hot. I don't know why I decided to make him Jim Carrey, but uh, smoking hot uh, redhead. Okay. And uh, she's like, I lost my gorilla. And he's like. Baby, I'm an expert in 30 different styles of karate, which I choose to believe is a reference, of course, to the fact that Elvis left karate, which is, of course, best exemplified in one of the greatest films of all time. Bubba Hotep? Walk Hard, A Dewey Cox Story. Okay. The Dewey Cox Story, where Elvis is played by... Uh, Obviously, Bruce Lee. Jack White, and all he does is karate chop. This whole uh, episode also, the idea of a zoo being a place to go get horny also is ripped off by The Sopranos years later. It's also, uh, uh, it's, uh, uh, it's just Travis's life. He loves to go to the zoo and be like, oh, check out the undeniable, the zoo. <laughs> check out the undeniable eroticism of an anteater. Can do things with that tongue. So, so the woman is like, oh man, I would need an army or a superhero to get this back. And he's like, oh, you just happen to be looking at a superhero, honey baby. And then uh, and then he goes and tries to find the gorilla, but he doesn't know what a gorilla looks like. And he keeps asking people about it. All he knows is that it's big and 900 pounds. And ugly. Yep. Big, and ugly, 900 pounds. Yeah. Uh, he just does a terrible job. Um, he he finds the gorilla basically immediately, uh, and the gorilla is just like I don't know what you're talking about. And admittedly, I would it didn't look like a gorilla <laughs> to me. It didn't that look like a person. It was pink for the to my main issue. Yeah, yeah, definitely a, uh, not a, a color that exists like that in nature. And uh, it could talk, and it sounded like Sammy Davis Jr. And it steered him away. And uh, he did. Uh, Johnny then just you know continues to go around and ask various women. He asks an old woman, and she's like, yeah, I did see a gorilla, but he runs away because there was a hot chick back there, and he's got to be like, listen. One of these chicks looks exactly the same as the zookeeper lady also. Yeah, every woman. Yeah, he took a while to learn how to animate different women. Uh, Someone has a stop cartoon violence protest sign, which was mildly amusing. Was that the guy that looked like Jesus? I don't know. Do you think Frank Bravo could ever accept Christ? Uh, Absolutely. Uh, do you think that uh, Johnny Bravo would be improved as a show if it was voiced by Michael Stipe doing his Elvis impression from <laughs> Man on the Moon? Hey, baby. Uh, hey, baby. Whoa. Can you believe they put a Man on the Moon? Andy Kaufman man on the moon. Ooh, this show. pretty good. Yeah, then Johnny Bravo gets beat up by the gorilla and that's it? Well, no, he, so the gorilla gets, a guy points his finger at the gorilla and he's like, give me your money. And he's like, what are you going to do? Uh, Cause he's not wearing any clothes and he's like, I don't have a wallet on me and he's only pointing his finger at it. And I'm like, can you at least give him a laser gun? Like it's the cops in the Spider-Man television show. I'm not feeling anything <laughs> by this weird cockney guy pointing a finger at this uh, gorilla. And Johnny I'm glad steps that I in. already knew that so that you didn't, so I didn't have to sit here and wonder if you made it up. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, wouldn't, they weren't allowed to use real guns, so everyone in New York City in the Spider-Man show has lasers. <laughs> That's real. Uh, I can't wait to do that show sometime. God. Uh, I will be intolerable. That's the only reason you haven't done it yet. Uh, so the, also because uh, it's bad. I don't want to yeah, watch it. Really. Uh, so, uh, you know, the, the guy gets beaten up, and Johnny's just like, wait, this is the gorilla. And the woman comes by, and she's like, there's my gorilla. And he's like, can I get a kiss? Or a phone number, perhaps a firm handshake. And uh, she's like, looks like you're busy there, buddy. You already got a date. And then the guy's like, I already got a wife. This is weird for me. And then uh, the show ends. That's Johnny Bravo. Everyone oh, goes I hope my wife doesn't see me in the arms of a man. Uh, had this problem before. It's weird that there's only a little bit of gay panic in this one because then you would expect a bunch more in the episode that basically ends with Johnny going to Fire Island. <laughs> yeah. But then nothing happens. He just gets an well, eyebrow raise. Yeah, know? they're definitely. I mean, there's definitely like a little bit of gay panic in that episode. I see. I like no, I think, think they set up for it, and then he raises an right. eyebrow, and he's like, "Listen, that could be interpreted so many ways." Uh huh. See, that's what I'm saying. I think canonically, Johnny Bravo has a gay orgy in with a bunch of giant men. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, hundred percent. He's into it. <laughs> yeah, Johnny uh, Bravo goes to Fire Island, an episode w- that could probably exist. There is, uh, when I was reading, I was going through, like, TV tropes on this uh, before we recorded, and there's an episode where he's, where someone mentions a time that he may have, like, kissed a man or something, and he says, uh, it was like, I was at a New Year's party and the cherry cola made me giddy. (laughs) I do, like, I'm not, I can't do it in the Johnny Bravo voice, but. uh, Mama, I was at a New Year's party and the cherry cola made me giddy. Cherry cola made me giddy. Yeah, if I try and do Johnny Bravo, I kind of lapse into Hank Hill a little bit, I think. Lola! Two, si- two sides of, of the Lola. coin of masculinity. They're like a I feel. little related. Yeah. The two sides of the coin of masculinity? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I do appreciate that apparently, um, while Johnny Bravo is uh, an unrepentant womanizer, he does cross the line at like. people who pretend to be like, oh, whoa, or be like, woe is me, nice guys. He's like, come on, coward. Uh, and uh, things of that nature, you know. He does protect. He does love his mom. He does protect the children. I feel like um, if I knew Johnny in real life, I would be like, "That's my himbo friend." Yeah, I think so. You know, it'd be like, "Oh God, I'm sorry, Johnny's coming tonight," and everyone's like, "No, it's fine. He's he's actually harmless. He's annoying, but he's he's kind of fun. But he's also he, a cartoon. He'd be he'd be the guy uh, a friend of ours in college hooked up with when she was." Uh, on a break with her long-term boyfriend and future husband who another friend described as pretty stupid or just like a guy. He's like, would I love to go to a barbecue with him? Yes. Do I I care about the inner workings of his mind? No. (laughs) uh (laughs) Exactly. I do not care about his interior life. So uh, we answer my question in the middle there uh, that I asked uh, of just like, what did you think of the jungle boy sketch? Mostly, yeah. I was just like, "Why? Why was the heads? They always I, do these." But then I remembered it, kind of. I just didn't yeah. remember it as part of Johnny Bravo. I had the is uh, my th- my brain was is Johnny Bravo going to appear? And then is that Michael McKean? And then oh look, it's a Peter Lorre impression. And then I uh, don't remember anything just, else. Why did they all do that? Why did Animaniacs and Freakazoid and all these shows just be like people love? Orson Welles, Peter Lorre, and Don Knotts. This is what the kids well, you know, why? the kids to know but, about these three things. But the thing is, is they were right. We do all love those. It's fun to go. Yes, of course. I like Orson Welles <laughs> and Peter Lorre. I can't imagine 
getting into Andy Griffith's show or anything else I've, Bob Knotts did. I think I've told you guys about this in my uh, in our day-to-day life, but I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast. The most cartoonish moment in my entire life is the time I had a nurse that sounded like Peter Laurie as I was being yes. taken into surgery. What? Yes. <laughs> I, I was... I was uh, experiencing treatment for my Hodgkin's lymphoma and there was this beautiful, stunning nurse and she came in and she was really cool and she's probably only now, like, she's probably, you know, she was probably younger than I am now and also she probably, Travis will say, like, didn't get vaccinated or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And ruined the fond memories I have of this beautiful, kind, sweet woman. And I thought she was great. And like, she had been my nurse like one or two times while I was there. And she's like, yeah, we're going to get you all ready. You know, talk me through all the stuff. And then the other guy came in. And he was like... Oh, I thought you were going to say she turned out to sound like... No, 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 no. no. Yeah, she took the the mask (laughs) off at Mission Impossible style. No. Uh, And then the other nurse came in and was like, are you ready for surgery? And I was like, mommy, mommy, (laughs) mommy, Peter Lorre's going to take me away. (laughs) This man is just like, yes, it's time for us to cut you open. And I was just like, no, 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 this is the end for me. Oh, God. What's funny is it's not that far off from the Orson Welles voice also that LaMarche is doing at the beginning. Yes. I wish I could do an Orson Welles impression. Oh. <laughs> That's I a was the voice of Unicron. Unicron? I don't know. My Unicron. last film role was Unicron with Planet and Transformers. I love that Maurice LaMarche has just made a career out of being Orson Welles. I love that they got in uh, Ed Wood, they got Vincent D'Onofrio to be the body double, but they got Maurice <laughs> LaMarche to dub him in. They should have they brought him in for Mank, but they, they were too cowardly. Mank? Good movie. So the Amazon women who... <laughs> we're just giving the rest of Jungle Boy. Whatever. Yeah, we whatever. talked about it earlier. A monkey shaved itself and was like trying to be... It's about a small child that's like a a Tarzan child that all the animal kingdom loves and they have their own news network there that has a giraffe anchor and the king who's a monkey is like, fuck this guy. I'm going to pretend to be him and make everyone hate him. It was weird. out your ear. It was weird when they said that monkey boy was was starring in escape from blue lagoon with Brooke Shields. A movie. "Hmm." A movie, a, a sequel to a movie about Brooke Shields and another person also a child crashing on like a deserted island and just mostly having yes. sex. Weird that is, thing that existed. That is what Blue Lagoon is. Uh, so, so basically, yeah. So then he shaves himself, pretends to be Jungle Boy, does mean things like graffitiing on people's bodies. And by people, I mean animals and like, I don't know, giving wedgies or whatever. And then... I just felt like, what, why, what is happening here? It is very clear that of the two uh, things, even if we're not uh, crazy about Johnny Bravo, there's at least more to it than there was Jungle Boy, in my opinion. I think both the Jungle Boy and the Pilot Pilot both definitely feel like these are sketches of an idea to be expounded on later, which obviously is what the Pilot is, period. But also, I think Van Partible really... He, like... So, Van Partible is not on the show it's seasons two and three and they stopped doing jungle boy but there's like a bunch of them in season one i think he i think he probably wanted that to be the spin-off thing uh and didn't work out probably because it's not you know, that interesting of an idea yeah but anyways the amazon woman episode. the amazon women so this one starts with uh johnny on a boat hitting on a woman that's drawn exactly the same <laughs> as the zookeeper 
uh, and uh, she pulls out um, pepper spray and pepper sprays him off. Voice too, probably, uh, and pepper sprays him off of the boat. Uh, at which point he finds himself on the island of the Amazons. At first, I thought that he was going to be like ensnared by the sirens because he just hears like somebody singing, and he's like, "Oh, look at that beautiful babe." And goes and runs over and then learned that I would say Johnny is a tall person. Like Johnny is what, like 6'2", you think? Johnny Bravo is 6'5", as Twitter has told oh, me, actually. Damn. And uh, this woman is 10 feet tall in comparison. Nearly double the size of Johnny Bravo. Tries to hit it on an Amazon lady. And then they're Tries like... Tries to hit on an Amazon lady again. She gets it. There's another talking elephant. Uh, that Right. Another? Right. Yes, the guardian a, of the Amazons, whatever they're no, the they security, know. basically, is this elephant. And then he shows Yeah, but you said another talking elephant. When was there's the a talking one? elephant, Jungle Boy. Oh, you're right. Sorry, I was thinking of the G- Johnny Bravo episodes. Duh. Oh, my God. And he and he does it. And he, he distracts him by pointing out Don Knotts. Yes. That's the first Don like, Knotts reference. And then he's like, I can't believe I fell for that again. And I was like, why did Don Knotts come up? That is what is in my notes. And I had no idea he was always what I was coming later up on these shows. going to be in for. They tried to make Don Knotts big with the kids, I guess, or their We parents. all did love to just watch Nick at Night, you know? I did that sometimes. What yeah. was your favorite show on Nick at Night? I did not watch it. Play with me, Travis. I was anti-Nick at Night. I was always like, this Jesus. is boring grown-up stuff. Fine. So, um, they're like, right, we're going to have to sacrifice this guy. There's no two ways around it. He's seen us. We got to throw him in the volcano. We got to Joe versus the volcano him. Got to do a virgin sacrifice. Right. And he's like, but, oh, jo- but uh, he's indestructible. What? Hey, what sacrifice? <laughs> I did like. I do. <laughs> I do like. I do like the, the. My favorite of his lines is, "Yeah, whatever," because of where they put it. Of like, oh, he's falling in a, in a volcano, and he's gonna say, "Yeah, whatever," and then, <laughs> and then. He's that's gonna, cool guy shit. Yeah, that's cool guy shit. He's a cool guy. Uh, that they probably in that moment were like, "Oh wait, we do want to fuck him," but it's too late. He's moved to an island of tall men, tall muscular men. He's he's gone to, I don't know. Pick your favorite gay neighborhood. Yeah, I mean, it's like like you said, it's basically Fire Island. He winds up on t- <laughs> Johnny Bravo goes to Fire Island. Put Johnny Bravo. I haven't watched Fire Island. Put put Johnny put him Bravo. In the movie. <laughs> I'd love to see Bo and Yang hang out with Johnny Bravo. It's technically an Asian man story because he's made by a Filipino man and named after him. Yeah, okay. It fits. You're, it's fine. You're right. He's an you're extension right. of him. You're right. We all are assuming that he's Italian, but it might be one of those things where you're like, oh, you're Filipino. That's why you have a Hispanic sounding name or an Italian sounding <laughs> name. Learning that, yeah, like Olivia Rodrigo is Filipino, for example. Ooh, okay. I was about to say, somebody listening just learned that Olivia Rodrigo is... Uh, it was me. Uh, yeah, it's gonna go, I, know, I know who every Filipino is because I follow Pablo Torre and Jason Concepcion on Twitter, and they are always quick to point out who is Filipino. That is true. Jordan Clarkson. Would you guys watch more Johnny Bravo? Meh. I had enough as a child. I don't... It, it didn't make me want to revisit this. It didn't make no. me think deeper about it. It was more just... Yeah, continuous. Who was this for? Was this from an era when I watched this? It was before I really started doing the thing that I do in middle school, where you start getting into comedy that you don't actually understand, but you sort of like, you know, I start right. watching The Daily Show before I have any understanding of politics. I'm reading Dilbert comics and 
him being like, ha that is what dealing with HR is like. Like, and just, it doesn't really make sense, but you're getting, yeah. you're starting to understand the cadence of like a grown up joke, uh, I guess. But Johnny Bravo's in this weird in between period where he was on when I was a young kid. I didn't watch it that much. And then this last one in 2004, this is about when I'm like, I'm too old for cartoons. So I probably didn't watch any of this like final season. And I was looking up, it has like a different animation style. Like they changed what like Carl looks like uh, and stuff. And I have no memory of any of that. So I think I just straight up didn't see any of these. I like the idea that at some point in life, like you were like, oh, I'm too old for cartoons, which is something I don't think ever happened to Steven and I. No. Yeah, it was, a, it was a thing. It's, I think it's why I never watched Avatar. The last year, under oh, uh, you should check that one out. Like because it's that really was in the sweet spot of I'm not going. I don't need to watch a Nick cartoon anymore. And before I was in college and was like Adventure Time and regular show are good. I'll watch these. Before it was the the nightly. I mean the weekly ritual to all get together with the house and watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one thing we all were like, no, 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 no. You sit down. It's family meal, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had my fill on Johnny Bravo. I would like to see though the Rock as Johnny Bravo. Yes. Or John Cena. Yep. Yeah, let's uh, let's, uh, let's pull the money. You together, know who? Uh, you know who would make an excellent Johnny Bravo right now? America's best himbo, Channing Tatum. Yeah. Good guess. Couple years ago. Couple years ago. I think the himbo crown has been passed to this new guy. Not KJ Alba. Jason Momoa. Oh, Jason. Yeah, get these. <laughs> these Polynesian Johnny Bravos. Have, we, really want. have I talked about this with you guys about? I know I texted Travis about this, which was the fun game of going to the Johnny Depp Instagram post and seeing who you know who followed or who liked it after the... Oh, the, no. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it was a moment of like, oh, Jesus Christ. Now, Jason Momoa did like it, but Jason Momoa also liked the Amber Heard one, which does only reinforce my Jason Momoa is America's golden retriever take. Yeah, he just likes the drama. I don't know. <laughs> he just like, I imagine Jason Momoa probably at some point will like everything on Instagram. Just goes through, <laughs> hits them all, taps. Jason, he just sees it and he's like, yeah, let's go. And I just love, I love, I mean, I don't love that he liked the Johnny Depp one, but I like that he was one of the three celebrities that liked the Amber Heard one. And you're just like, that really is who you are underscored. You just... You go about it. You're the absolute meathead. He's the only person who doesn't seem to be hating the work on Fast 10. Because every time Vin Diesel does one of his little videos, everyone else looks miserable except Jason Momoa, who can match him beat for beat on uh, pure meatheadness, which is why I think he would make a great Johnny Bravo. And I would also like to see Jason Momoa with the hair. I think you were just going to be like, I like to see Jason Momoa as many times as I can. I do love Jason Momoa. That is true. It is weird how like he was on... Fucking Game of Thrones I was like, that guy's whatever. And now, like, ten years later, I'm like, well, easily the best presence from anyone who was on Game of Thrones that wasn't already an established actor, right? Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, other than Sean Bean, you know, and, like, other people who were, like, established, you know, I think Jason Momoa has plays. come out the best. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. one of those surprises, sort of that. like what you and I were talking about recently, where Jesse Plemons is possibly the most successful actor or alumni of Friday Night Lights and Breaking Bad. Yes. <laughs> Unclear how that happened. I love it. All right, so do we want to do this uh, point-counterpoint style? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, are you going to be Stephen A. and I'll be Max Kellerman? Am I J.J. Reddick? Uh, now it's J.J. Reddick, yeah. It, it depends. You want to be way smarter than me or just a blowhard that's in a different way? The fucking, video, the fucking look on... CJ McCollum and JJ Reddick's face that one time. Where it's just I never like, did watch that. 
<laughs> they are about to eat this man alive. Uh, Ian, you're definitely the Stephen A. Though, since you have. Yeah, I have been asked to run for Senate. You're the most demonstrative. You were oh, on they're... General Hospital that one time. Coming um, out, getting shot at, I think? Yes, he was in a shootout in a parking garage in General Hospital. Uh, yeah. Travis! So... I would like to address the issue. Johnny Bravo! Did he need a makeover? I thought he was perfect as he was. Uh, Preposterous! <laughs> Weird Al Yankovic. Don Knotts. <laughs> Blue the Falcon. Blue Falcon. Things of what that nature. Is, okay, the Blue Falcon is another thing that was in all these cartoons, and I don't know what it is. And I had the to look Blue it up, Falcon and it was actually was, from the The Blue 70s. Falcon was a Hanna-Barbera cartoon that was actually about, like, the hyper-competent. Or, no, maybe it was, like... It was actually the, Dino-Mutt. Was, like, yeah, it was the, cartoon. the dog that was, like, the sidekick that was, like, the joke of it all. Uh, the Blue Falcon, as as you can tell, is a shameless Batman ripoff based on the fact that it is frequently mentioned. Uh, and we get a lot of of things on that. Uh, Harvey Birdman should have probably appeared. I would love... I bet Johnny Bravo actually goes to Harvey Birdman attorney at law at some point. Probably. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he probably... I would not be surprised Johnny Bravo and Connor Birdman. Adam West did appear on the show uh, at least once. So, it all makes sense. Uh, but yeah, Cartoon Makeover is an episode where that's making fun of the mid-2000s trend of makeover shows, whether that's Queer for the Straight Guy or What Not to Wear or Extreme Makeover uh, or whatever, where for some reason, Weird Al Yankovic, Non Knots, and the Blue Falcon decide Johnny needs a, a lifestyle change and a, and a look change. I mean, don't you agree? I mean, certainly for his dating life. Uh, although, according to the creators, he does get girls off screen. <laughs> Johnny Bravo has uh, girlfriends in Canada? Yeah. <laughs> and an uncle that works for Nintendo. Um, yeah, so this I need to make over. And they try and change his iconic hair. They give him long hair. They give him Elton John they, sunglasses. No, they give they give him Weird Al's exact haircut. Yeah. I mean, it worked for so, him. So, okay, hold so on. I should, have taken, I should have taken the notes on this part. It was... Uh, Don Knot sitcom expert, Weird Al style expert. What was the blue falcon? Blue falcon? I'm not sure what his uh, deal was exactly, but they basically use this as an excuse to broadly make fun of other TV shows. So, like the best bit in this episode, I think, is when they. So Don Knotts, he's like, I can teach you about like having a wacky neighbor, like I was on Andy Griffith, and they get make a robot that can act as either like the pesky neighbor or like the landlord that overhears important things. It can be a sassy maid uh, or like the wacky neighbor or whatever uh, with a bunch of catchphrases. My reading on this episode was that it is about studio interference. Yeah. Brad Bird basically did this. Yeah. Again, it's a part of my take. Every, everyone's like, Oh, this Brad Bird movies objectivist. And it's like, no, it's about how hard it is to work at Disney and how it sucks. <laughs> but it's the only spot you could basically work as an animator in America. Uh, that's the same thing as this of just the constant, the makeover represents the period in between when they had fired the creator and they're like, we're going to do a new Johnny Bravo. Here's these other things. It's basically like, it's, you know, Poochie. They give him the Marge wig at one point when they're doing through the yes, hairstyle. They do the Marge wig. It's basically, you know, like pavements cut your hair. It's all about fucking being a sellout and having to deal with studio interference, being like, this is what your show should be about. You need to add this. You need to do this. He should have square pants like SpongeBob SquarePants. I bet that was like basically a note they got from an exec at some point of like, did you think maybe this should be more like SpongeBob? That's doing so well. 
And he's like, I am a man with a vision. And that vision, mama. That vision is this dumb himbo gets beat up a lot. And he sounds like Elvis. And he loves his mama, who we, we finally do. We do get to see his mama in this episode for like one second. Well, of course he loves his mama if he sounds like Elvis. Elvis famously loved his mama. Yeah, but like Bunny Bravo is an important character. An important character, a major character of the show, who we only no, she see is, in she a skate is the, park in this. Yeah, she is the urtext of the show. Yeah, she's good at everything. She rules, and she loves her son, and her son loves her. That's the story of Johnny Bravo, mostly. Yeah, uh, that's that's the part that really I do struggle with your comparison on The Sopranos. <laughs> she's nothing. Is that she does? She's not. She would never put a hit out on him. Yeah, she's not evil. Yeah. Uh, I, I was trying to put a lot of work into that bit. I would love to see, though, uh, what, what's it, Bunny? Is it, It's Bunny, right? Bunny Bravo, yeah. Bunny Bravo just being like, Lord, take me now. <laughs> <laughs> Poor you. I would, yeah, actually just flop <laughs> those characters from shows, just the shows. Just see Tony Soprano hanging out and watch Johnny Bravo break down the walls of, um, what, Livia? Johnny Bravo in therapy. Men will literally used it. get makeover, uh, ma- uh, made over by Weird Al Yankovic and... Don Knotts and the Blue <laughs> we Falcon. Big on the Sopranos. Should have happened. Oh my God! It's always the one of those man. bad episodes where Chris goes to Hollywood. Um, Good, what, what do you mean bad? Da, 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 da. What else happened in this one? Because my only other note is the Powerpuff Girls could use some fingers. The, the the makeover fails is the thing that happens. Yeah, they give him like, drawing glasses. Yeah, they they try to make out. him something that he's not, and he's like, "I hate this. I'm Johnny Bravo, baby." Yeah. And I'm doing this for the women because that's the thing. They're like, think of the girls you'll get, and then he doesn't get any of the girls, and he's like, I'm going back to the hold me. And then they ended the show after the next episode. <laughs> so yeah, I guess that didn't work out, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, then they fly away in the end. I think. Yeah, and he's like, wait, you guys can fly? So, wait, sorry, he's like, oh, you can fly? And they're like, yeah, Johnny, or we- I'm Weird Al Yankovic, which like I imagine this isn't the only time in television he's flown. Um, it's the only one that I'm aware of, but I do understand. Do you think he's going to fly in his movie? It's quite possible that that's going to happen in the ripped Daniel Radcliffe Weird Al movie. Yeah. Yeah. He's so jacked. (laughs) Did did Al look like that in the 80s? No, no. I mean, they're doing a fake, you know, they're doing like, he's going to fight like it's, it's fully going to be made up shit. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it's going to be. The moment I turn it up. Uh, it's going to be, you know, like he's going to fight like ninjas or some shit. There'll be a kung fu fight. It's just really, it's the, the surprising part of it. It's like, going to be like you, HF. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's just the part where I was like, God damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. Back at it with the muscles. I'm sorry. I, I couldn't stop myself. Can't bring damn Daniel into this. <laughs> you, 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 some things are How sacred. <laughs> is the podcast too profane? Is the, is the podcast too sacred or is damn Daniel too profane for our podcast? <laughs> the latter. Anyway, the last episode is called, like, Back on Shack, or whatever, and our surprise, as you know, all-star of the week is NBA legend Shaquille O'Neal. My favorite Pisces, Shaquille O'Neal. This is, like, end of Lakers dynasty era, Shaquille O'Neal. This is the year they lost the Pistons in the championship. Yeah, boy. This one, we start out, we see Shaq. Uh, in an arena, in, on an empty basketball court, but in a full it arena, is, it is very confusing. So Shaq <laughs> is now doing exhibition. Is Shaq a single barnstorming team playing like the best scrubs that they can offer? Because I would watch that. that. He would do. I feel. Um, and Shaq's wait, are shooting. you telling me, Travis? Travis, Shaq are you? Out? 
Travis, are you telling me that Shaq would do something if they paid him enough money? That's it's a man of integrity. That is a man of integrity. That's why he took over Papa John's after the <laughs> scandal that happened to Papa John. That's why, that's why he's that's why he's a deputy sheriff or, or sheriff's deputy or whatever. Yeah, so Shaq's, Shaq's just alone shooting jumpers at a full arena and missing free throws and well, stuff. Well, what happened is his team lost, and Shaq just couldn't leave the gym. He's out there practicing all day. It's like what they used to say the stories about Ben Simmons. It's what they say about Jimmy Butler now. Yeah, Shaq's just, he's just bricking shots everywhere. Could you imagine? You answered my question that I was about to ask, which is which current NBA player would you like to see Johnny Bravo hang out with? And it is undoubtedly Jimmy Butler. <laughs> I don't know if that would be my choice. I would love to watch. Uh, I would love to watch Johnny Bravo getting bullied <laughs> just repeatedly. Johnny Bravo out there with the starters. Jimmy uh, Jimmy Butler not even going to be at practice that day. Shows up, wipes the floor with them. Udonis Haslam just punching Johnny Bravo in the face. He culture, I baby. I wouldn't want to like, to, I would not like to see that. Although I would like to see Pat Riley talk to him. Oh my God. This is perfect. Johnny Bravo appears on winning time. That show does enough things to change Johnny Bravo. Reality. Why not? Johnny Bravo just starting to wear suits. Cause Pat Riley told him to start wearing suits. Johnny Bravo combing his hair back. I mean, he kind of is, he's, he'd just be Chuck Daly actually is what he would turn into. Um, Shaq's shooting jumpers and missing. Johnny is Johnny there. Uh, is hitting Why on is the Shaq. Him? Johnny is there to the hit on shack. the Sugar Shacks. Uh, his the cheerleading, his personal cheerleaders. Don't we all have the? This is basically arguing that Shaq is a Batman villain. <laughs> He's held the Gotham Arena hostage to watch him do free throws, and he has some cheerleaders. And uh, yeah, so Johnny goes to hit on one of them, and then they throw him uh, away from them, and then in the in the process, he gets knocked into Shaq as he's shooting a free throw and you think that Shaq's going to get mad at him, but he managed to get the free throw in. And so he's like, you're my lucky charm and treats this grown man like a toy. Shaq buys this man. He buys him. Yeah. That's what he, he just does. calls him half pint, which kind of makes you think of the old Penny Hardaway, little Penny stuff. Like, I don't think Shaq ever learns his name or calls him Johnny or whatever. Yeah, it was really fucking transgressive, that one part where uh, Shaq looked at uh, Johnny and said, shoot the ball, you fucking bitch. <laughs> uh, I thought that was great. I really did. Um, I'm now imagining if, like, Johnny Bravo had appeared in the Michael Jordan documentary that everyone was obsessed with at the start of <laughs> lockdown. What was that called? Uh, the Last Dance. Okay, I didn't watch any of it. So we I were truly obsessed with it. It just was on. <laughs> we Everyone sports. was obsessed with it. Online was completely. We were obsessed all with like, it. "This isn't good," but I gotta watch. Oh, I God. need something in my life. I remember Ken Burns just fucking like ethering it, where he's just like, <laughs> "You're the producer on your own documentary. There's no way, shape, or form this is objective. This is a violation of all I hold sacred and true." And no, I was like, I do, "Fuck him up, Ken." I do agree more with the take of I think actually did a perfect job of explaining who Michael Jordan is, um, which is like a weird. You know, psychotic man who only can can conceive happiness through uh, acquiring trophies, and has no real relationships to speak of. You know, even though that wasn't what Dem Jay's intent was, that is how it came out. Is Johnny Bravo in Space Jam too? Uh, he is a Warner Brothers property, I think. I'm not seeing him in any of these shots. Although he didn't, these the show was notably not on HBO. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, no, I guess they didn't. Uh... He could be in some sort of legal hell. I don't know. Yeah. Well, no, they, they were just like, well, how could we put Johnny Bravo in here? We got to make space for the guys from um, the, the uh, Clockwork Orange to be in the crowd. <laughs> Johnny Bravo as a Johnny Bravo encounters the Droogs is an episode I would believe exists if you told me. 
based on some of the other parodies that they do. I just have to keep pulling back up various. I have to just like check again. Just Johnny Knoxville, Johnny Bravo, Clockwork, Clockwork Orange. Orange, Johnny Knoxville, Clockwork Orange. Oh, uh, I, have, sorry, you I did it again. have you checked if Henry Rollins appeared on this? Uh, Johnny, hold on, one question at a time. There is no Clockwork Orange reference for Johnny Bravo, but you can at Redbubble.com get an orange clock with Johnny Bravo on it. So I guess that is technically a Clockwork Orange. And Johnny Bravo. The, That's like the, if you put Clockwork Orange Johnny Bravo into the into Dolly, you get uh, that. I'm not seeing anything about Henry Rollins on uh, Johnny Bravo. Uh, I'm not sure what his voice credits are besides the thing on. I'm seeing uh, uh, I'm seeing uh, Johnny Chadbro on R slash Virgin's Virgin vs Chad, and um, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Um. Anyway, so Shaq. Then starts wearing Johnny uh, on his back during games and says, "There's nothing in the rule book that says he can't have a." He actually cites. Thing. He actually. It's not that he. It's not just that he said there's nothing in the rule book that says I can't. He cites the exact spot in the rule book where it says he can. Yeah. So then uh, Shaq and Johnny, who appear to again not have teammates uh, or often opponents, except in some episodes, uh, Geo goes on tear. He's an MVP form again. It now. also. It's disorienting. It looks like Johnny's not allowed to leave the harness ever. No, because he's just supposed to be like an item. I just but yeah. Even even when they're not in games, he's he's doing the success. It's sort of implied Johnny's getting laid finally, or this time. So Shaq and Johnny are they're riding. They have great success now, uh, and they do like a weird halftime event in the middle of a game where they uh, play. Where you do one on one, and Seth Green comes out and he has his own backpack. They're like we have to face Hunt. we have to face the dreaded Seth Green, and he's there. Seth Green's there. Shaq's there because he always wants money, and Seth Green is doing this because he needs the money since his ape was stolen, and he needs it back. Yeah, Seth Green's assistant should have been an NFT. Um, you guys, you got to give Seth Green his ape back. It's gonna have a. Do you think Johnny Bravo would know would invest in crypto no. or possibly get an NFT? Sorry, let me rephrase that. Johnny Bravo would not know what any of those are, but he would definitely He's invest on that, in them. On that, on that <laughs> matrix or whatever. Yes, yes. Johnny Bravo, though, somehow does not lose money in the in the, in the market. Crash. <laughs> hey, how many times can crypto crash? I feel like it's always crashing now. It crashes every day. Uh, every day is Black Friday. It's fine. None of it's real. Huckleberry Hound knows what Bitcoin is and doesn't, or knows what crypto is and does not invest in it. I was going to try and do a Huckleberry Hound voice, and I realized it was just going to be Droopy Dog. Yeah, it's your best southern accent that you can do. And I know, I but I was going to be southern, like, yeah. All these Hanna-Barbera cartoons, it's like, besides the really big ones, the Scooby-Doo's of the world, like, so many of them, I'm like, were these, did people like them? Like, no. You know, I didn't watch a lot of Boomerang as a kid. Hanna-Barbera sucks. They fucking suck. You know why every character in Hanna-Barbera has those collars? No, is it an animation yeah, thing. it's an animation. It's so that they could just fucking reuse assets, basically. <laughs> like, they wouldn't have to animate the body. They could just cut off the head. Like, they, that's all it is. It's like, oh, we got the clean point to do that. Yeah. Hanna-Barbera blows. Every Hanna-Barbera cartoon, fucking eat my ass. I don't give a shit. <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck Huckleberry Hound. All my homies hate, um, you know, like. Gilla Gorilla. Yeah, like, I can say this because Steven's not around. I mean, Scooby-Doo's fine. But, like, all my homies hate the fucking Johnny Quest, you know? Like, get out of here, fucking Yogi Bear. 
they do underdog? I think not. The best Hanna Barbera related thing um, is uh, let me let me get the official name of of this comic. Exit stage left. The Snagglepuss Chronicles, which is a comic from uh, twenty eighteen by Mark Russell and Mike Fian that uh, has Snagglepuss, <laughs> Snagglepuss, the Hanna Barbera classic cartoon, as what a is- gay as a gay playwright. During McCarthyism <laughs> and like testifying in front of Huack and all of that shit, and it is incredible. What is Snagglepuss's deal? He's what Snagglepuss's deal is that he was he's a gay like playwright. He's like the Pink Panther, but he's something else. Yeah, he was um, uh, a pink anthropomorphic cougar. Okay. Uh huh. Quasi Shakespearean turns of phrase. Heavens to he's, Murgatoy. He would say, oh, and he would say existence. Existence left, yeah, left okay. which is why that they were like, what if he? was in a lavender marriage with effectively Marilyn Monroe while spending his time with his Cuban boyfriend. And he was following up his acclaimed play. The kennel is the heart of thieves. <laughs> it's such a stupid, silly comic. And I love it. Yeah. So anyway, Seth Green has Huckleberry Hound on his back for some reason. This is really what Steven was talking about when he was just like, the show is too just like law random. Snogglepuss is distraught over Huckleberry Hound's death. That's the thing. Huckleberry Hound kills himself in the comic because, uh, you know, um, he gets publicly disgraced in a raid. Yeah, so he gets outed to the press uh, after they get raided at uh, a bar. They're called Deviants. He actually gets beat up by a cop that he was having, like, you know, that he was sleeping with. So uh, Huckleberry Hound kills himself in the comic, and Snogglepuss is devastated by that and, uh, you know, condemns Huack at the next hearing, gets blacklisted. And uh, he, he's unable to find work, but he bumps into Quick Draw McGraw, uh, and uh, who was who was kicked out of the police force sometime after the raid on Stonewall, and now they're working in cartoons. That's how the comic ends. It's great. Johnny Bravo should be in that. Which famous uh, literary figure would you like to see Johnny Bravo emulate? Uh, David Foster Wallace, by the way, is my answer. Uh, Honor de Balzac. Um, <laughs> he just wanted to say Balzac. I yeah, I can't tell anything about him. John, I know Johnny Bravo doing Johnny Bravo doing This Is Water. Um, the end of the end of the tour starring Johnny Bravo. Yeah, the end of the tour starring Johnny Bravo and Dexter from Dexter's <laughs> Lab. <laughs> this is this is a weird abusing ourselves episode. Uh, to That's even fine. more of a degree than usual. Uh, we're un, or, uh, we're unrestrained. As the only person who's not missed a second of the podcast, basically, I think I've earned this right. Yeah, I don't know what happens in the in the Seth Green slash Rocky versus uh, Shrek. Uh, they get nervous and they're getting run off the court because uh, Seth Green's got that wicked handle, and uh, Johnny panics and he's like, "I gotta, I gotta run to the bathroom," and then he runs away. And Shaq's like, "No, you can't leave you my good luck charm." And then Shaq makes the free throws without him, and then is like, "Get out of here, loser! I don't need you anymore. I'm Shaquille O'Neal." <laughs> and then the series ends. It ends with you know the classic Johnny Bravo bit of. Huckleberry Hound singing Oh My Darling Clementine and all out of tune. Yeah, they go out drinking to <laughs> to ease their woes. And Huckleberry Hound is like, oh my darling, oh my yeah, darling. And that's the, it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the end of Johnny Bravo. Ignominious, I, I would say, as far as a finish for this series. Yeah, I really can't believe, like, when you're like, let's watch Johnny Bravo. And I was like, sure, yeah. And then it was just like, I, I can't believe Johnny Bravo ends with Huckleberry Hound. <laughs> singing after they beat Shaq. After him and Seth Green beat Shaq, specifically. Uh, yeah. 
Well, no, they, actually, they lose to Shaq. And now they, sorry, oh, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they face Shaq. Sorry, they're not Aaron Carter here. I'm so glad that Aaron Carter wasn't the person who came out that fucking hallway. I would have been so fucking mad. No. Where would you? I think I would rank this. Third. Are we doing the full? Are we doing the full I rankings think, of the show? No, I'm talking about on on Shaq TV appearances. I would rank this episode third, but Shaq's performance probably second of the three that I can think of. Number one, of course, when he was on Curb Enthusiasm and Larry uh, accidentally tripped him uh, in his uh, sideline seats and injured Shaq for the season and ruined the Lakers' year. Okay, uh, okay, but, okay. Slow down here. Slow down then, here. I'm, I'm at I, let, whoa, whoa, I'm at Shaq's IMDb page. Okay. Okay. Relax here. Uh, let's see. Can I sort? Um, if our viewers can't remember, uh, Shaq's Garage. That's a pre-production show. He's got. We got Shaq Talk, also in pre-production. I say uh, the, other, the other one is, is Jackass that we've covered. That's why it's yeah. star. Yeah, we he got. Humped, he humped um, Wee Man a lot. Mm-hmm. Home movie, The Princess Bride. Wait, oh right, that he was, was in the, Home Movies. No, Home Movie, The <laughs> Princess Bride, the Quibby thing. Uh, uh, Shaq Fu. He plays, of course, himself on The Simpsons. Pickle and Peanut Heiston. Uh, NBA 2K16, NBA 2K15. Yeah, Uncle skip, Grandpa. Skip video games. Southland. All oh, right, yeah, he's in Southland. Uh, or Southland. <laughs> uh, uh, he plays Detective Earl Dayton in an episode called The Felix Paradox. Uh, Real Husbands of Hollywood, uh, TNA Impact Wrestling, uh, The Cleveland Show, Sunny with a Chance. Of course. Uh, the music video for Owl City's Vanilla Twilight. God, the question of what's the best movie Shaq's been in is fun. Shaq was in the house, buddy. Static Shock. In the episode. I do remember the Static Shock episode with Shaq. Hey, I what was it called? Hey, Travis, what do you think it was called? Is it called Shack Shackick Shock? Static Shack? Static Shack. <laughs> Shackick Shack. Shackick Star. Shackick, yeah. Shackick. I can't even say what you said again like that. Uh, Arliss. Uh, he appeared I in two remember, episodes of okay, Arliss. So this, hold on. This is My wife and thing kids. I remember from the Static Shock Shack episode uh-huh. uh, is Cousins someone Keaton. starts trash talking Shack, uh, or someone says, actually, they're like, Shack can't even hit a free throw. The real best player ever is Wilt Chamberlain. And me at age eleven or whatever is like We're actually like, Will yeah, Chamberlain's right. free throw percentage is even worse oh, than Shaquille O'Neal's. You know, <laughs> I get roasted a lot for basically arriving in this world fully formed, but we really should talk about you also like that. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta say, you know, the idea of um, Shaq playing uh, the the Detective Earl, whatever, is the only credit that Shaq has where he is not uh, Shaquille O'Neal. So. I think that's exciting. other than movies. I do like, like those. Kazam, so there is obviously he's uh, you know not playing Shaquille O'Neal in it. I uh, I do like that. Uh, there's this divide where it's like in the House Bunny he's Shaquille O'Neal, but in Scary Movie Four he's just Shaq, a man of many many facets in life. Yeah. So, uh, well, that was Johnny Bravo, uh, and uh, I I can't wait to find out what you have for us next week, Stephen, to follow up on Johnny Bravo. So let us know what we got. What's on the docket? Next, next week, um, I, 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 I adore my friend Ian Benson. And every once in a while, um, my interests line up with his. Uh, my body and, is fully tensed. <laughs> and uh, and I, I just pick a show that I know that he adores with his whole heart. And um, Fully tense. And a, 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 move, or a show that he... he you know, honestly, is is partially responsible for some little parts of his personality. I'd say I'm gonna hate um, this. 
<laughs> Please end uh, my suffering. Tell me what this is. I know. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna reverse bit you, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Hey! hey, hey. <laughs> oh, I hope you guys are ready to talk about the Someone finale. Someone else picked a vampire show. That's <laughs> fine. That's good. It's great. I. Oh boy! I uh, do you want to do you want to do the podcast? Do you want us to watch them, or do you just want to hear me explain every detail of the first two episodes? Have we talked no, about a television show with Eric Balfour before? I feel like he's about to be an as you know all star. I know everything about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So Travis, why don't you tell us about Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Buffy the Vampire Slayer was a TV show on, I believe, WB that was created by Joss Whedon uh, that came out after the movie of the same name that he did. Starring Sarah Michelle Gellar as a high school girl who slays vampires in this town called Sunnyvale, or possibly Dale. And uh, David Boreanaz is there, and he'll be an Asian All-Star, and they did a musical episode once that's very famous, and Joss Whedon couldn't be in a room alone with Mel Trachtenberg. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was a thing. You did great. You did great, sweetie. You got it. Sunnyvale, yes. Uh, one right. of the two sides of the Hellmouth. Do you know where the other Hellmouth is? Uh, Cleveland. Yes. <laughs> okay, cool. I, I don't know if I knew that or if I was guessing that as a common joke. Uh, yeah, if it's part of it. Heard and it's it's one of the urtexts in mine and Stevens. Uh, Ohio is the most American state. It's and just and they, it always comes up talking about it. Well, that I can't wait to talk about. You can already tell because this is the longest we've done one of the wrap up parts because I. Still, unfortunately, love the television show. Steven, well, actually, first we got to thank you, the listener, for, for hanging out with us as we talk about uh, what we talk about this week. Johnny Bravo. As we talk about Johnny Bravo. And, uh, and then come back and hear me give a screed. I hope everyone's ready for a long recording. But uh, I got to thank it to Matt for the wonderful work he's done. You know, the boy has COVID, so you got to get the boy a, a Webby. And we also got to send the boy some treats or something like that. He could use a pick-me-up. But until we can do that, we got to go home. And Stephen, can you bring us home? Want to smell me? 